Welcome to episode six, season two of the Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Folks, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Lamb's Rum. Lamb's is one of the top choices for Newfoundlanders who love the authentic smooth taste. Enjoy Lamb's Palm Breeze today with a splash of Coke and Lime Wedge, or for something different, try Lamb's Spice on its own on the rocks. Lamb's is the best choice for hard-working Newfoundlanders, and at a great price, find Lamb's Rum at all of your local NLCs. This weekend, exclusively April 29th and 30th, save $2 on Lamb's Palm Breeze 750 milliliters, and also save $5 on Lamb's Spiced Rum 750 milliliters. Want to say big thanks to Lambs for the sponsorship this season. They've been absolutely awesome to deal with. Um, the crew at Lambs and Corby's, they actually dropped me off this little care package here. If you're watching on YouTube, it is Malibu, Malibu Strawberry Daiquiri. They are like ready to drink, so they're, they're cans, they're ready to rock. Uh, they dropped me over a bunch of them the other day. I had a couple the other night, absolutely delicious, so I wanted to give a little shout out to these as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're available now at the liquor store, NLC, so uh, Malibu Strawberry Daiquiri. Introducing Malibu Strawberry Daiquiri. Uh, Introducing Malibu Strawberry Daiquiri, a quality ready-to-drink signature cocktail inspired by Malibu's tropical and summertime flavors. Made with natural flavors and Malibu's signature Caribbean coconut rum. Absolutely delicious, guys. Uh, 7% too, so great bang for the buck. They really hit you. <laughs> They're awesome. Uh, super yummy, super tasty. So big thanks to Lambs and Corby's as well for the uh, for the sponsorship this season. It's been a uh, been real treat dealing with you guys, and it's always, always uh, really beneficial to me, of course, obviously. Uh, thanks so much to everybody for tuning in again. Been a couple of crazy weeks. Lots to talk about today. Really excited to be on again today. Got a lot to talk about. Obviously got my, my new rum ragged hat on. Thanks to my pal, Mark Manning for hooking me up with that. Uh, you can always check out Mark and the gang, obviously rum ragged. I think they got some new merch along, uh, coming along the way. So make sure you do, uh, you know, look out for that. I'm really happy with this hat, really comfy and really cool. Nice love support and local. Uh, I want to say big thanks to Mr. Brad Dunn for coming on last episode. Uh, make sure you do check out his new book, the Merchants Mansion, support local guys, local authors, local people. It's awesome to see local people doing cool things. So uh, go check out Brad Dunn. You can follow him on all his social media channels and, and check out what he's up to, and, and especially his latest release, The Merchants Mansion. Got another really fun episode this week with my dear friend, Miss Sandra Lee Layden, who is absolutely awesome. One of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, she is so cool, so down to earth. She's absolutely awesome at what she does. She's like one of these people um, who, when you meet her and you chat with her, you're instantly best friends with her. She's She just makes you feel so comfortable and she's so sweet. Uh, and she's also absolutely incredible at what she does. She's a photographer. She does all sorts of different photography. I mean, her main passion is obviously music photography. She's just out on the road with J.J. Wald and the Glorious Sons. Um, so we had a great chat. Loved catching up. Really, really cool, insightful chat into, you know, what... what her career is, uh, you know, around and, and, and what she does, you know, especially with, with the music photography, but also, you know, we dug into weddings and, and her growing up in, in beautiful scenic dildo, Newfoundland. Uh, so stick around later on for that little chat with Sandra. She was absolutely awesome. Had a real fun show April 14th at the ship with my good pal, Mike Percy. I can't say enough good things about Mike. Love to get him on for a chat someday on the podcast, but um <clears throat> I said this at the show that night. I kind of booked Mike to open up the show because I'm such a big fan of his. He is absolutely awesome. If you get a chance, uh, hit up Spotify or Apple Music and look up Michael Bercy. He's got one album there, and he's a absolutely fantastic songwriter. Uh, I was hooked on these songs 
when it, when they first got released, and then I played with them again there last week, and uh, I'm heavy back into this album. I, have, I haven't stopped listening to it, so um, a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody who came out to the ship. Thanks, Vicky, for uh, selling some merch for us, and, and thanks to all the crew with the ship and Tony Murray, as, as always, and, and thanks to all the fans that came out. I had a really fun night of, of playing my own tunes, which is exactly what I want to be doing. Got a really fun show coming up uh, this Thursday, April 28th at the Rock House, um, playing with my dear friend, Mr. Nick Earl. We're doing a duo set, and we're opening up for Matt Mays and Adam Baldwin. Uh, it's a fundraiser and a kind of celebration of life for um, Brad Caravan, who's a, a fellow from Mount Pearl who tragically uh, died in, in a car accident um, a few weeks ago. So they're having a little get-together, and uh, Matt Mays is playing. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited to open up the show. And, and me and Nick are collectively going to be doing some of our own tunes together as a duo. So really, really looking forward to that. It's going to be a, a real fun night and, uh, you know, just a great celebration. And hopefully we can raise some serious funds for the family and, and uh, help out the cause. That'll be great. Um, where am I to here? I had the list here. Oh, the uh, I want to talk about a couple festivals have been announced here in Newfoundland uh, and especially St. John's. Um, I had one up here. What did I do with it? Let me get it here real quickly because I must have lost it. Um, performance. Sorry, everybody. Okay, so of course, um, today um, being the 26th of April, uh, Tuesday, I'm recording. This will be released tomorrow for you guys. Um, the Newfoundland Labrador Folk Festival, which happens every year in Bannerman Park. Uh, the festival has been announced. Really, really excited about that. It's always great festival at Bannerman Park. It's always great to see a lot of folk music. And um, lineup looks pretty stacked again. The Ones, Kuba Sonics, Mashless Men, Rose Cousins, Cecile Duking, Villages, Sherry Rhyme Band, Swinging Bells, Twin Flames, uh, Fretboard Journey, Nita Best and Pamela Morgan, Mama's Broke, Loma and Sound, Rosemary Lawton, Miscellaneous Folk, Las Voyageurs, um, Andrew uh, Andrew Kagumba, I hope I'm saying pronouncing that one right, uh, Salt Beef Junkies, Adrian House, Rebecca Shar, and Natasha Blackwood, Jane, Blatt, uh, Jane Batstone, and of course a ton more. It's always a really, really fun festival right in the heart of St. John's and beautiful Bannerman Park. So uh, the tickets, uh, I'm sure they'll be up for sale pretty soon. If not already, you can always check them out at nlfolk.com. Uh, and a big shout out to the Folk Festival for for pulling that off again this year. It's a, it's a great festival in the park, and it's always great to see some music. Right, like, like I mentioned, in beautiful Bannerman Park is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think last week the Iceberg Alley performance tent is back up and running. Not sure. I don't think I mentioned it last episode, but I wanted to mention this episode now that all the uh, performers have been announced. Um, the Iceberg Alley performance tent is going down uh, June 15th to June 25th, and that's at the... Uh, um, Kitty Vitty on the banks of Kitty Vitty, kind of down by the Legion. There, they're putting it back where they had it last, or you know, previously to last year. Obviously, with the uh, the hurricane, I believe it's a new tent. Obviously, it has to be because the last one got absolutely destroyed. So they moved it to a little earlier in the season this year. I think they're trying to avoid hurricane season, which makes a ton of sense. Obviously, um, so. The Iceberg Alley is one of the coolest uh, events that happen here in Newfoundland. Um, you know, it's 10 days of music, all sorts of different genres, all sorts of different artists, and it's underneath this really cool kind of circus tent. It's not a huge spot, like not a huge um, event, so it's not like, you know, not 20,000 people there. It's, you know, probably 
3,000, 2,500, 3,000 people there. And, and you get all sorts of different music. So that's really cool. So um, June 15th, City in Color uh, with support from Tim Baker and All Hands and Ify Alaba. Uh, June 16th, Alexis on Fire with support from Dirty Nil and Bucket Truck. That's really, really cool. June 17th, Burton Cummings and his band, David Wilcox and Billy and the Bruisers. June 18th, Theory of a Dead Man, Pop Evil and Sky Wallace. Uh, June 19th, Everlast presents Whitey Ford's House of Pain with Classified and Shad. June 20th, it's the Stone Temple Pilots with the Trues and the Warning. June 21st is Lord Huron with Donovan Woods and Quote the Raven. June 22nd, Tom Cochran, Chilliwack, and Sash Jordan. June 23rd, the band Perry, uh, the Roadhammers, and Tyler Joe Miller. Um, June 24th will be Kim Mitchell, Honeymoon Suite, and the Northern Pikes. And June 25th is the all-local night with Shaniganok, the Irish Descendants, the Ennis Sisters, the Navigators, the Celtic Connection, and Carolina East. So, I mean, lots of music in there for everybody who enjoys different types of genres and different types of things. There's something in there for everybody. Um, local nights and, and all that you know, heavy stuff. There's country. There's it's So it's going to be a great night. Like Folk music. I mean, uh, sorry, a great, great 10 days of... of uh, of music and it's a you know just such a neat festival really love the iceberg alley performance tent uh if you're looking for tickets for there you can always uh, check out the website at icebergalleyconcerts.com so um a couple great festivals already lined up Jorsey festival hasn't been announced yet but i'm sure there'll be lots more to come so uh you know just really really excited about lots of music happening in and around st john's and, and around newfoundland so that's really really exciting um that's just music i mean I'm going to dig into some sports here. I've been thinking about it uh, all kind of morning here about what I was going to chat about, but there's just so much going on. To me, I mean, if you don't care about sports at all, skip the next five minutes because i got a lot to talk about with sports. But um, this is just the funnest time in, 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 you know, of the year for sports. The end of the summer into the early fall is always a lot of fun as well because you get the start of the football season, you get baseball playoffs, you get hockey and basketball starting back up. But this is such a fun time with basketball playoffs going on right now, um, hockey playoffs just around the corner. Uh, it's really, really exciting. Um, I want to start off locally first. The Newfoundland Growlers are in the um, first round of the Kelly's Cup. They won the first two games at home here in St. John's at the Mary Brown Center, and they are back in Trois-Rivières right now. They're playing tonight, so Tuesday. I'm not sure what will happen, obviously, tonight. So, you know, tomorrow when you get up, if you're listening to this, you'll know the outcome of the game. But Growlers are up 2-0 in the series, and Game 3 is going tonight, uh, Tuesday, April 26th. Uh, in Trois Rivières, so um, rooting for the Growlers. Uh, had a couple of the guys on last year, and hopefully get some more on maybe after the season. And get talk about this run. So um, you know, best of luck to the Growlers pushing forward, and and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens there. Um, in major sports, there's so much going on. I mean, like I mentioned with the with the NBA playoffs. Let's dig into the NBA playoffs first. I mean, so the Raptors go into this first round series against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, lose game one, lose game two in Philly. Looks like Philly were just absolutely rolling. Um, game three comes back to Toronto, and the Raptors just lost. They it was, I mean, the series could have been totally different if they had managed to, um, if they had managed to win that game by any chance. But they lost, and and they were down three zero. Game four, different ball game. Raptors look like a different team. Game five goes last night. Goes uh, um. Uh, Monday night and 
this team looks different now. The Raptors look different. They look dialed in defensively. Philly looks tired. Joel Embiid's thumb is hurting. Harden doesn't look like the same person. So Fred Van Vliet was out um, with a hip flexor. It looks like his day-to-day. Nothing too serious, but he obviously didn't play. Scotty Barnes comes back in after getting injured. And, man, I'm telling you, this has been exciting, exciting basketball. I'm really looking forward to game six back in Toronto. It's going to be very exciting to watch. Um you know, the Raptors have arguably the best home court advantage in the league. Playing in Toronto with Jurassic Park outside, it's so, so much fun. So, um, really rooting for the Raptors. Hoping they can pull off this Game 6. If they can get through this Game 6, anything can happen in Game 7. Especially with the way Philly have been playing. They look tired already. They look banged up. So, um, you know, if we can pull this to a Game 7 back in Philly. Philly's fans were giving up on them already. So, like, if we can just pull this, maybe, just maybe could be the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit in the first round. So really looking forward to that game. I think the next I think the next game goes Thursday. I could be wrong on that. I'm not going to look it up. I, it's either Wednesday or Thursday uh, back at Scotiabank in Toronto. So that's super, super exciting um, and really, really been fun, fun to watch, I got to say. Um, the Leafs, as of today, they're playing tonight. They're playing Detroit. So uh, the Leafs are one point away from securing home ice. Um Got beat up in Florida, lost one, won one. Um, but I mean, that's how it goes. That's how it's going to go. It was an interesting matchup against the Lightning and Florida the, with the comeback win. Real gutsy effort there. Uh, seen some reports today. Looks like Mrazek's back on the ice skating. Bunting got hurt a couple games ago. He looks like he's been back out skating. Andre Kasha looks like he's back skating. So uh, hopefully we can get a healthy lineup going into the playoffs. I mean, every day I contemplate tweeting. I just need that the Leafs. I just need the Leafs to get out of the first round for my personal sanity. I cannot deal with anybody else using the rhetorical that the ain't get the Leafs out of the first round. I know they haven't been out of the first round, guys. I watch and live and breathe this team. It's been 18 years. I was in grade 11 the last time the Leafs won a playoff series. Grade 11. I mean, oh man, it's just been it's been frustrating, no doubt, but. You stick with your team, and and I, I feel confident in this group. I just hope that we can get the right matchup. I hate the way it's not one through eight, et cetera, et cetera, but you can't really complain about that. That's how it's going to go. So um, got to stay healthy through these next few games. I just kind of almost wish that the end of these games were over now. I just hate to see anybody get injured be an absolute disaster. Um, but obviously tune in to the Leafs. I think they got a couple more games left, and then we'll really figure out what's going to happen with the playoffs. So uh, hopefully by next uh, next episode, we're, we're chatting about the Leafs uh, maybe pushing their way through a first round. So we'll see what happens. Um, the Jays have been so much fun. This team is the best. I love the Jays. They're so exciting to watch. It doesn't seem like any game they're out of. I mean, the bats have been on fire. Pitching's been decent. Starting rotation's been not bad. The bullpen has been absolutely lights out, which is super, super great to see. Alex Manoa, um, starting pitcher, he's an ace, man. He is such a stud. I love seeing Alex Manoa go out. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu looks like he's injured again. Not surprised there. Hoping he, he doesn't turn out to be the next R.A. Dickey. Um, but obviously the Jays have been really fun. They're 11-6 right now as, as of Tuesday, obviously. Uh, best best um, record in the, in the American League. So... Um, 
you know, obviously a ton of baseball left. Baseball is the longest, I mean, when it comes to the seasons. Uh, so many games to play in a regular season. But uh, always great to have a Jays game on every night to watch. So that's really fun. Um, you know, that about does it for the sports segment. I mean, I figured I had to chat about that. I'm happy to get in a little bit of Iceberg Alley and, and the uh, Folk Fest. Um I want you to stick around for a great interview I had with with Sandra. She's absolutely awesome. She really digs into some cool things. And we're chatting mental health and we're chatting what it was like to to leave Newfoundland and and to be out on the road and kind of get over COVID again now and, and get back out to doing what she loves. So uh, I want to say a big shout out to Corby's and Lambs again. Make sure if you are um, interested in these bad boys, go pick them up. They are the Malibu strawberry daiquiris. They are damn tasty guys so make sure you pick up some of them i feel like this is going to be the drink of the summer no doubt sounds like you know great great drink to have in, in the golf bag or if you're taking out a you know nice day on on the deck you get some the sun's coming down and and uh it's feeling like one of those days that might be the ideal drink for that the uh, the malibu uh, strawberry daiquiris so make sure you pick them up in the ready to drink cans uh, other than that guys that about does it for me so make sure you do stick around for a great chat with miss sandra lee laden And I'd like to welcome the lovely Sandra Layden to the podcast. What's going on, Sandra? Thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's great. I remember we were chatting a little bit about uh, maybe coming on earlier this summer or last summer when I, I bumped in you on George Street. Um, and we've been in contact ever since. So I'm really happy you could take the time. I know you've been extremely busy. You were just <laughs> we were just chatting a little bit before we got going. You were saying you were uh, uh, just catching up on some sleep. You've had a busy couple of weeks, I think, right? Yes, I just got off tour uh, with JJ Wild. She was opening for the Glorious Suns. We did an arena run through Quebec and Ontario. So that was incredible, but tiring. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was a lot of fun. I'm, I mean, I'm de definitely going to dig into that with you in a little bit. I've got some questions I want to ask you beforehand, but uh, happy to see you made it through that little run. I'm sure that was wild and, and probably great to get back out and, and doing some doing some fun things again, I guess. It's been amazing seeing like 7,000 people screaming again and just having that sense of normalcy back, even if the panini is still going on. The it's panini, been... I, seen that on your... <laughs> I seen that on your Instagram today and I was like, what the hell is panini? And I was like, oh my God, this is so dumb. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it i'm tired of calling it a pandemic so it's the, now a panini the covid um, panini yeah nice the covid panini the covid panini the covid um, yeah. <laughs> no it's, it was really incredible just being and even outside of the tour just going back to live music up here in toronto we were locked down a little bit longer so just being back in that scene and having that has just been like life-giving speaking of you said covid i mean i've died that alone <laughs> that is hilarious is that, is that a new that's just a newfoundland right that is, a, I have not heard it outside of Newfoundland. <laughs> no, okay. I thought, that's what makes my dad it so still funny. Set, right? My dad's does. like, you got the COVID or what? <laughs> like, why? Like, <laughs> why? Why? Like, you know, know, I die at that, man. That is so classic Newfoundland. Like, why, why, why drop the D and just add a C and a K or whatever? You know, it's anyways, that's so funny. I love it. Um, speaking of Newfoundland, I mean, I kind of wanted to start off, especially with this, with this episode. I mean, I want to kind of talk about uh, you growing up and, and kind of what you got got you interested in photography and kind of what you got you started as, as your main career i mean 
it's absolutely fantastic what you've done over the years. I mean, we've been friends a long time, Sandra. We've done a lot of work together over the years. I mean, since I started playing music, I mean, you've been taking photos of me and different elements and on stage and, and band promo shots and all that stuff. So, I mean, I've even seen you when I've been on stage, you rip in with a wedding sometimes. I mean, I think I was playing a Kitty Vitty a couple of years ago. Yeah. You ripped in with a wedding. <laughs> I, I banged out a quick John Mayer. You were psyched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was all good. So um, you grew up in Dildo, Newfoundland, right? Is, is yes. You were right in Dildo. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, I'm obviously very familiar with that area now. I mean, I spend a lot of time out in, out in that area with, with a cabin in Greens Harbor. It's, it's, it's fucking the best, man. I love it. It's like the most peaceful place. I mean, it was probably a little different growing up there as opposed to somebody yeah. like myself who, who gets to spend my weekends out there or whatever and get out and, and, and relax. But, I mean, growing up, you know, what was that kind of like for yourself as, as, a, as a person who, who is like yourself, who, who loves being out and loves live music, loves uh, people and all that stuff? Like, what was that kind of like growing up in, in beautiful, scenic Dildo, Newfoundland? <laughs> it was great. Um, I've been going to live shows since I've been in June. Like, I was... 13 maybe 14 the first time I started going to live shows I would like pay I would pay people to bring me to Carboneer so I could see all the Carboneer boys play I would go to the Blue Whale we would be at the Shearstown Lions Club like anywhere there was live music I made the biggest attempt to go to it um it's always been part of my life like it, it's dildo is a lot different now than it was then um there's there's we have an Indian food restaurant in Dildo now. And it's a so good, by it's the so way. Good. It's so good. I love it. Good. it yeah, quick, quick little shout out to Yes Buys out in Dildo, Newfoundland. Is that what it is? Oh, yes Buys, right? Or Yes, yes Buy, I think. Yes, and it oh is so, so good, man. They they kill it out there. A little tiny spot. Oh. You can get great Indian food. And that's that's amazing for that area. I mean, that's probably, it's, you probably would have never expected that growing up out there. No, absolutely not. And the brewery, like the brewery was a museum when I grew up. And like even now, like, like the little, um the little restaurant down in the corner like that was a little shop like mm -hmm. all this has changed so much since growing up there so there's so much more now for kids growing up than when I did but I found I hung out with people who were very into music even like I I spent most of my time outside of Dildo once I turned I became a teenager um a lot of the music happened across the bay or in St. John so we would do blue whale shows but we would still spent a lot of her time in Bay Roberts and stuff. I dated a guy who was a bass player all through high school and he was in a band. It was always in my blood to be in this. And I always had a camera in my hands, whether it was a Kodak easy chair or something from Walmart, it was always part of me growing up. So it's really cool to see that expanding a little bit more at home now, especially with the brewery having live music coming constantly. Like that wasn't a thing. If you wanted live music, you would, get the one-offs here and there at the SUF, but it's been, it's incredible seeing the change that's coming back there. One of the craziest things I find about that area is that it, obviously the brewery has, has, has attributed to so much success in that area and so much movement, so much activity that's happening. I mean, what they've done out there has been absolutely incredible. I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of the brewery. We, we spend a lot of time out there and, and I get out there. I play it quite often out there and the, and the group there is, is fantastic. Um, all the staff is super, super friendly. And, and I mean, the grub is, is fantastic. And, um, but they're really like the first people to market dildo, right? Yeah, it was um, actually, if you go back far enough, my uncle tried to get the name changed. Um, there's a whole article about it. Okay, um, cool. Some people were ashamed of the name and right. they were the first people to be like, come to the dildo brewery and people I we'd be down there in St. John's and I'd see someone with a dildo shirt on. And I'm like, Oh, you went to the brewery. And they're like, no, I just saw this shirt at the store over there and I bought it and I thought it was cool. 
And now there's a little store, like mom and pop shop just up the road from my parents. There's dildo dogs. There's like Jimmy Kimmel has a big dildo sign in the hills that matches Hollywood. It is, I love it. I, I was always proud of being from there. Um, the name was hilarious. And it was something that when I started working in the music industry, people would be like, she's from dildo. <laughs> and it, it it differentiated me from so many other photographers there's a, we're a dime a dozen and even though my work is good sometimes I blend it in but they'd be like oh that's Sandra she's from Dildo so I always had a sense of pride I like some of the kids I went to high school with would say they were from New Harper I'm like uh no you're not you're you're in front of the sign you're from Dildo don't be lying <laughs> <laughs> that's funny crazy yeah I guess yeah, yeah I guess now you people are I were probably are it's probably the opposite I mean just with how much has changed out there and and the amount of activity, like you say, and the, and the amount of people out there. So, I mean, growing up in new, growing up in Dildo, obviously you were out checking out shows. You're you're a big fan of music. I know you still are, obviously. And so, what? When did you start putting the camera in the hand? Like it was just something that kind of naturally happened. And then, did you progress into something that you thought maybe I could probably actually do something with this, or was it a hobby at the beginning, or did you always kind of dream of of doing something with the camera? I had a camera in my hand as long as I can remember. Like, I remember I used to take pictures of the posters on my wall and, like, hide the flash so I can be like, oh, I took this picture of Nick Carter. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> it was always something I really wanted to do. I really loved. I was always the girl at the shows with the camera, me and my friend Krista Cram. I would just steal her camera and, like, be like, oh, I'm taking pictures now. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, my high school yearbook said I wanted to be a wife. Like, and... It wasn't until I was 20 and I was living in Gander with my boyfriend, who's my current husband, Conrad, and his dad had a really great camera and I would just take it out. And eventually I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. Like, I don't want to just steal someone else's camera or shoot on a shitty camera. I kind of want to be a photographer. Like this is, I, it makes me happy. And I, I, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. I always felt like kind of on the outside, like I never wanted to go to university. I wanted to be a cook, but I didn't want to cook for people. So that wouldn't work out for anybody. Um, and then it just, it started to make sense to me. So I went to Academy Canada, I learned nothing. And then I graduated and I learned everything, um, nothing against Academy Canada, but in photography, until you're in the field, you don't really get the grasp of how to do everything. So I was probably 20 when I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. This is who I am. And just started, I just went with it. Yeah. That's an interesting, that's an interesting point you just made. I mean, I feel like that's so such a part of the arts. I mean, photography, music, dancing, I mean, whatever you're into in that sense, I mean, you learn from the field. I mean, you can learn so much from school. You can learn from books, but until you actually get into the actual action, I mean, that's where you're going to learn, right? Until you get hired by somebody when you have to, you, you, you have to, you know, somebody's paying you for a product that you have to come through with it. I mean, that's where you really learn how to do these things so much, right? Absolutely. I remember I was doing a, a test and I was, it, we had to write out exactly how we would set up flashes and stuff. And I just burst into tears and went up to my instructor and I was like, I can't explain this to you, but I can show it to you. And I went out and I showed him how to do it. There's, I could not form words on how to do it. <laughs> I could just do it. It just, it wasn't in, in, on paper, I couldn't do it. But when I was in the real world, I was like, this is what I can do. And I busted ass right through school. And one of the first gigs I had was working for the Herald. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, you were in Newfoundland for, for obviously you grew up in Newfoundland and you spent a, quite a bit of time kind of bombing around. I mean, you're doing all kinds of different photography, which we will definitely talk about. But at one point you and your husband decided to move to Toronto. What was the kind of 
reasoning behind that and 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 how did that play out and and was it an easy transition or was it tough or it was hard um i've always come to toronto for the bigger festivals for one-offs um and a lot of my friends that i have here now were uh touring musicians and or tour managers or managers that would bring their bands to newfoundlands and i would do the one-off shows got to know them and I would get hired for the Newfoundland shows. And they would always say, I wish you were in Toronto. I'd love to put you on the rest of it. Or I wish you were, it would just, it wasn't cost effective for them to have me come to Toronto unless I bit the bullet and did it myself. Um, my good friend, Matt Wells hooked me up with an amazing gig with the much music video awards. And I worked for them for nine years. And that was kind of like my, I, this is where I, I want to be. I want to be in the center of it. And as much as I love Newfoundland, and I love shooting the local musicians, you know yourself, like when they do cross Canada tours, we're always left out. We're always kind of like left behind. So I always appreciated the people that came to Newfoundland and I always appreciated that I was able to shoot them. So um, a few years ago, I lost one of my high school best friends. He took his life and it kind of made me realize that I was just sitting there running in a hamster wheel, just doing, I wasn't going anywhere else from what I was doing. And Conrad, my husband, works in film and the film industry in Newfoundland is phenomenal, but there is always a downtime. So we both were like, in the end, up here is where the music industry kind of lives in Canada and the film industry, along with Vancouver, kind of lives in Canada. So we kind of bit the bullet and moved up here. And as much as I miss home, I'm home a lot, as you know, because we always run into each other on George Street. <laughs> um, it's been an incredible experience for my career. It's definitely helped it take it to the next level. I'm doing all the people that always said they would hire me if I was in Toronto actually came through and did. So it's been an incredible journey doing this. It's hard being away from all my friends and my family and all the musicians that supported me through the times like you, Adam Baxter, like those type of people always had my back from the beginning, but being up here just expanded those options just a little bit more. Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point. I mean, I guess I guess the beauty of of kind of the nature of the business that you're in is that it's not like you work um in an office job where you only get 2 weeks vacation. I mean, not to say that when you come home as a vacation, but but you can come home and work. I mean, you do that quite frequently, yeah. especially in the summertime, so that's great. You get to come home and and see your family and your friends. So it probably doesn't feel so isolated as as if you were maybe working a, like you say an office job or something where you, you only had two weeks vacation where you probably wanted to spend a week with your family in Toronto and then you probably got a week to come home, bust your ass, you got to see everybody in five or seven days. You know what yeah. it's like coming home for Christmas holidays or something. It's just a blur, you yeah. know? Right? Absolutely. It's been great being able to I still have my client base. The clients I had before I left are still my clients and every day I'm so thankful that they're like ride or dies um they write me in January and they're like when are you coming home and I can come home and take enough work that it's cost effective for me to be there but I still am able to see my friends and family I get to do the iceberg festival every year shout out to them they're so amazing they always help me um I get to do George Street Festival every year it's it's kind of the best of both worlds. And I know how lucky I am to be able to have that option because there are people that move away who can't go home. Flying to Newfoundland is not cheap. <laughs> so I'm I'm very lucky to be able to do that. And it kind of makes it that pain a little less of being away from home. Yeah. And it's like, it's always nice that you can come home and actually get paid to do that as well. I mean, yeah. you come home and come home and work. It's kind of a working vacay. We get to come home the nicest time of the year. You don't have to deal with the shit yeah. weather. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows what it could be like? I mean, but generally it's supposed to be nice that time of year, which is, you know, obviously the way you want it to be. Right. Um, 
Sandra, I was digging down through your website. I mean, your website's beautiful, by the way. It's really, really great Thank job. You. It's really, really creative. I love, uh, I love everything about it. And I was, you know, kind of digging into some of the stuff that that you offer. You know, the services you provide and 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 all the different things that you do. Um, let's just talk about that a little bit. I mean, what are some of the things that you? Obviously, everybody can go check out your website. I'm sure they will once they listen to this. But you know, kind of coming from you, like, what are some of the services that you provide as a photographer? What are some of the different, different, you know, things that you do? Obviously, you do music, and you do. I know it's lifestyle, which is really cool. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit separately because that was yeah. something unique that I I had seen that I not quite seen before. But let's just talk about a little bit. Obviously, you do weddings and all that stuff. Yeah, I started when I got out of school. Um, the music industry, as much as I love it, sometimes the up and comers don't have the budgets to sustain a whole life with me so I had to pick up doing weddings and in the beginning I was doing 30 or 40 a year and it kind of felt like I was selling my soul a little bit like my heart was always in shooting music so I kind of slowed down on the weddings I love doing them I love my wedding clients so much and I never regret doing any of them um so that was kind of my like for 10 years straight I was doing 30 40 weddings a year and I kind of felt like I was burning out um, I, I give a lot of myself to someone. Um, I do suffer from mental illness, which we can absolutely talk about. And I found like in this, there's a spoon theory where you, each day you wake up, you have so many spoons. And I found at weddings, I had to give spoons for three days straight to somebody else. Um, so I started to slow down on doing those and started focusing more on the lifestyle, um, portraits and the music side. And it's been amazing. I still do weddings. Um, I probably do about 10 a year. This year is a little bit more because we had two years where no one got married and they were like, hey, 2022, let's everyone get married. <laughs> one. And I love doing them. And luckily, um, I kind of talk to my clients a lot before they, I book with them. I'm not the kind of photographer that's like, hey, give me your money. I'll show you your wedding. I want to I want clients to vibe with me. I want them to be like, this is my girl. I'm going to feel comfortable with her. I can drop my pants and pull my dress up and <laughs> yeah, I yep. won't even. Right. I don't yeah, no, I, I was going to say, you have all that stuff on your website. It's so I love the way you've got it all written on your website. It's like, <laughs> I'll be your nan's best friend. And like, oh, it's awesome, man. It's so good. Yeah. I, well, the amount of grandmas that bring me a glass of wine at a wedding is unreal. <laughs> like they, And that's what I love about my clients. Like your photographer shouldn't get drunk, but if you're sitting there for supper and your nan gives them a glass of wine, you're sitting and have a chat. Like you need to have that vibe that it's, you feel like they're your best friend. And I always joke that uh, my weddings are a way of me interviewing for my friendships. And so many of my wedding clients now have become really good friends of mine because come the day of weddings are so long, they're 12, 14 hour days, 10 hour days. And you're with me more than you're with your bridesmaids, your family. I am there. I'm your shadow. So you need to be comfortable enough to turn around and be like, Sandra, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, hey, Sandra, can you go get me a straw and a bottle of Prosecco? Like, I just need to hide <laughs> in the bathroom right now. I, I want people to be that comfortable with me at their wedding. So I found by bringing the number of weddings I did down, I used to do like three a weekend. It was too much. And kind of like just interviewing them a little bit more before we got together. And I agreed to shoot the wedding or like more so they agreed to hire me. I get clients that are way more on my level with like, silliness and more relaxed and chill and really love music love traveling like we have a lot of things in common so the day of I'm just a best friend that's there that you kind of paid to be there <laughs> I'm a best friend for hire it takes really nice photos <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you said you mentioned you, you were doing so many weddings that you you burnt out I mean like I can relate to that because like photography is your business it's also your passion isn't it interesting how people like you and I like I do, I, I, I do a lot of 
pub gigs, we'll say in St. John's where I'm not, I don't even really promote them. I don't even really tell anybody I'm playing them. I'm just, I get hired by a place and I'll go play. You play three hours, you're playing Newfoundland shit or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, you know what I mean? But those burn me out so bad, like so, so bad. Like after a summer of doing those, I'm like mentally fried. Like I can't do it. And I mean, that's so interesting because people kind of look at, ah, you're doing what you love. It's like, but it's not, there's so many different elements to what you love. I mean, yes, I'm playing music and I feel very grateful for doing that. And I'm sure you are as well. You take, you're taking photographs, you're at weddings and you're making money you're making a living but it's not the ideal path on what you want to be set out on and that's not that's what burns you out is that all you're doing is you're thinking about what you really want to be doing and it's hard to focus on those things so i think by like what you said stepping back a little bit and really um opening your eyes to who you want to be actually taking photographs of at weddings and who you actually want to deal with and maybe doing less is so much better for your mental health it is absolutely like I was, I kept hitting dark spots and coming out of it, it made me realize that I was just doing too much. I was giving too much of myself to people. And it is, I was doing something that I loved, but it was too much. It was, it, I wasn't able to be as creative as I wanted to be. I was constantly going, okay, well, we need this picture. We need this picture. I have to do this. I have to do this. And now I'm so much happier going into these weddings. I'm not leaving like I'm not crying in the shower before I go I'm not popping an out of in and hoping for the best like it is I always see people who like talk about doing like all these pub gigs and doing all these weddings and doing all this stuff and when I talk to them outside of it they're they're burnt out they're tired they're they're a little like depressed because they're not it's not the path they want to they want to choose and by doing by limiting the stuff that makes you not unhappy but limiting the stuff that takes a lot from you and focusing on the stuff that you want to do and the stuff that makes you happy you really have a different outlook on life and it really changes it brings the love back to you for for the for the job you're doing one thing that i would be willing to bet that a lot of people probably have no idea is how much work actually goes into shooting a wedding and what goes on behind the scenes and what goes on after the wedding like I'd be willing to bet there's so many people, and I'm sure you've dealt with people like this. Probably you have way better an idea of this than I do, but I'd be willing to bet people think you just show up with a smile on your face and take your little pictures and put them on the internet and send them off. Like there's, can you talk a little bit about like the actual process of what goes on? I mean, for actually shooting a wedding and what goes on the days after, I mean, you edit all every single individual photo. I mean, there's so, so much work. I mean, a lot of times like that's what you're getting paid for. I mean, you're getting paid for like the hours and hours that you're putting into your actual product, right? Absolutely. Like the wedding day is, it's like an iceberg. The wedding day is what you see. And then the rest of it is underneath. Like I leave a wedding, I come home, I back it up three different times to two different clouds and a raid system so that I don't lose anything. And then comes the sneak peeks, the editing, the culling. So culling is like, if I take 7,000 photos I go through and delete the ones where everyone's face is screwed up or they're slightly out of focus or they don't look good and bring them down to you know the 1500 I'll deliver and then I edit those and then sometimes there's a there's a pole that looks weird in the photo if it's not added to the photo I'll, I'll remove it and when I was doing 30 to 40 weddings like that was a lot I didn't <laughs> leave my house I didn't like they, yeah. no one saw me everyone's like oh it's summer we won't see Sandra till October and it was devastating. I didn't enjoy the summers anymore. And in the last year, two years, I hired an editor. Um, I still do the final touches on my weddings. And it went from me doing 20 hours of work for every single wedding outside of the wedding itself to 
only having to do the culling and the final touches to make sure that it looks like my work. They do the things that like they color correct. So if it's slightly overexposed or slightly underexposed, they fix that for me. And that has helped with my love of it a little bit more. It's helped with like my mental wellness. It is, it's taken a lot of relief off of me because the hardest work is the work that comes afterwards. And people are like, Oh, how come you deliver wedding in eight to 12 weeks? And they don't understand that if I'm doing a wedding every week, I'm doing portraits, I'm doing music. Like I'm not as much as I want people to feel like their wedding is the only thing I have to do. It's not. Mm-hmm. And I have to try to prioritize how it's I'm going to do things. It's a fine balance. You know, it's a, it's like a tightrope kind of, I'm sure chatting with people and, and trying to explain that to them in the most positive professional way without telling them to really fuck off. I bet like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got yep. to be tough. Like no doubt. Cause I mean, especially with weddings. I mean, I've worked a lot of weddings myself. I get hired to play weddings all the time. And generally, I mean, people are, are it's it's a tough job, man. I mean, people are, are anxiety's high, stress is high because it's a big day and everyone wants to make sure it goes smoothly. So that makes it tough for sure, right? Yeah, everyone's on edge. They want to make sure they're like, and a lot of people have had bad, like they'll have like, oh, my brother's <laughs> can photographer. Hear, can you hear my dog barking right now? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, good. Um, a lot of, a lot of people who get married, they're like, oh, well, my, my brother's photographer took a year to get the photos. My, my sister-in-law lost their photographer, lost everything. So there's always like a little bit of edge, like even the wedding I can hear now, uh, even the wedding I did on Saturday, the dad came up and he's like, so these won't take a year. Right. And I'm like, no, I'll send you a sneak peek on Monday. Like you're going to, you're going to see all like 10% of these photos Monday. And then it's going to be about two months till you see the rest. And he just was, there was a sense of relief in that way. It, everyone's emotions are running high on a wedding day. I always joke that I'm not just a photographer. I am a psychiatrist. I am a therapist. I am like a counselor because I have to like maintain everyone's expectations. But luckily with my clients, I'm very open with them. And that's why I do like the pre-interview so much is I set those expectations and I say, hey, I'm going to give you a sneak peek two days after your wedding, but it could take two to three months for the rest of the photos. But when you get them, you're going to you're not even going to realize that it took that long because your sneak peek is going to be so good and that's taken me the 13 years I've been doing 14 years I've been doing this to kind of get that pattern down and learn how to set the expectations and that's the one thing I can recommend to anybody getting into it is set the expectations right away don't it's it's give them tell them it's going to take three months and deliver in two months because if you set a, a, the expectation is going to take three months you deliver in two they're like hell yeah this was amazing mm-hmm. but before I did that, it would be like the day of, of the three months I was trying to deliver. And it just, it was so stressful. Um, I, I know I mentioned it just a little bit while ago, but another real cool thing that I, I seen on your, on your website is, is lifestyle photography. I mean, this is not something I've ever seen before or anyone kind of advertise. Maybe they have, maybe I'm just not up in the scene. I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> what a cool, what a cool thing to offer and provide. Let's talk about that a little bit and what, what that is exactly. Lifestyle photography is my absolute favorite. It's a little bit different. It's not quite documentary. It's not quite posed. Um, It's me coming in and doing a snapshot of a family's day condensed. So I always say, what's what's your favorite thing to do on a Saturday? You have, no one's working. You and the kids are hanging out. What do you want to do? Do you love going to the park? Do you love baking cookies? Do you have a jam session? And we kind of play it around that. So I'll show up like one of my favorite sessions. We made pancakes and I showed up and we just made pancakes all day. And the kids got to, then they showed me their instruments and we ran around in the backyard and I 
just chase them around. Now I'll be like, Hey, jump over in mom's arms real quick. So that's why it's called lifestyle. Cause it's not so much, it's not exactly documentary where I'm a fly on the wall. I am for the most part, but I do give a little bit more direction to it, but I love that so much more than sitting in the park and smiling at the camera just because it captures the kids' personalities. They get so comfortable with me. My fridge is full of hockey cards signed by my clients' kids because I show them, they're like, Sandra's here. This is amazing. Like, I want the kids to be excited when I show up and I'll get the best out of them instead of being like, oh my gosh, I have to sit on this background. This is horrible. And what made me make the change is I was doing a shoot and it was on a background and the kid did not want to touch the baby that was there. And he ripped my background down. And I was like, no, this is, this is torture for the parents, for me and the children. Why are we doing this? So now I just show up. I love showing up on a morning where they're just like getting ready for breakfast and pouring bowls of cereal or the kids are jumping on the couch or just silly things that the parents see every single day and can't quite capture on their own. And I want to come in and get that for them. I want to get, it's literally a snapshot into the moments in their life instead of just that posed family portrait where everyone's smiling. Cause not everyone's always smiling. Like the, my, some of my favorite photos are the kids crying because they bumped their knee and the mom's consoling them. Or like my, one of my best friends, Kate, her kid fell down and bumped her knee. And my favorite shot is she's sitting on the counter and Kate's kissing her knee. It's just such a sweet little moment, but that wouldn't happen if we were sat in a studio with studio lights or if we were in the park trying to like get the nice lighting under a tree. It's really, it's so special. And it's honestly, I love doing that so much. I've started focusing more and more on that. Um, Once I lowered the number of weddings I was doing, I started pushing my lifestyle more and more. And it just, it gives me so much joy. Like when I walk in, the kids smiles. When I get the hockey cards that are signed, when like the the kids are like, mommy, did she send the pictures? Did she send the pictures? Like those are, it's just, it's so joyous to be part of that. I mean, it's it's really interesting too, because ideally <clears throat> what it does is it, it makes everybody feel probably a little bit more comfortable because they're not yeah. out of their natural element. They're into what they're actually doing. Like you say, they're getting up, they're making pancakes on a Saturday morning. That's probably something that they're used to doing. You know what I mean? So and then once, I mean, you're such a sweet person anyways, I'm sure you make them feel so comfortable. It's essentially like you are a fly on the wall with a little guided direction, which is pretty, pretty neat and impressive. I thought that was really, really cool um, and, and great to see. I mean, just something really unique to offer. And I bet you people love those memories. I mean, I, I remember what reading on your website, it was, you know, it was essentially like these are memories that you will actually remember. You'll remember getting up and having those pancakes in that morning, not showing up to the studio, like you said, which is all fine and dandy too. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Whatever people are not. into, but this is such a cool service to provide, right? There's always a time and a place for the posed portrait. Like that's a classic that's never going to go out of style. Like we, like at home, we have Sarah Sosky that just absolutely nails those portraits. And that's what I'm like, there's a time and a place for it. And everyone deserves that nice portrait, especially the older, like the parents love those. But I find our generation now, because we grew up with being sat in front of a camera and told to tilt their head and put their hand here, we're more like, can we not do that? Can we make a pizza? Can we go to Piatto and sit down and like just have pasta and pizzas? And it's like there is a shift in the dynamic because our generation is coming up a little more and we're more like just casual. And even in the weddings, everyone's the weddings have shifted. It's not so much like regimented, like six hours of photos the dinner's here, the, the ceremony's here. Everything is kind of flowing. Everyone's so different. Everyone, we're all embracing everything. And that's a hundred percent like the, the, this generation that's coming up and the one behind us. 
Yeah, I mean, a- absolutely, and, it, and it's so you so neat to see that kind of switch, and it's nice to see people kind of relax a bit and just kind of, you know, be actually themselves, which is great. Like you say, I mean, you look at old photographs, like especially weddings and stuff, and everyone's very stern, and it's like this. Yeah. Everybody has the same kind of photo, you know what I mean? So it's nice, nice to do that. Oh my god, I'm gonna kill my dog. You got to give me. <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. I just need to pick Sorry about that. That's okay. Lizzie, you got it. There we go. Here's Lizzie. Oh my God. <laughs> For anybody who is uh, maybe just listening to the audio here, normally she's pretty good, but the mailman must be outside. So, anyways, <laughs> that's hilarious. Lizzie, you'll be good. Um, okay. So, let's talk a little bit about the tour you just got off. I mean, obviously, as we mentioned, you know, music photography is your real passion. I mean, that's yeah. what you love, and you're absolutely fantastic at it. You really, really yeah. managed to capture so many beautiful shots. Um, I've obviously been lucky enough to be on the other end of, of it. And it's, it's, it's always great. I mean, it's, uh, so this, this tour you were just on, you were out with JJ while it was opening for glorious sons, um, little arena tour, a couple weeks. Let's talk about some of the, the, the activities and some of the stuff that you're actually, you know, you're on the books for what you're actually hired to do and, 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 and something, you know, the day-to-day activities that you're into. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a lot more than just taking photos, especially these days, everyone I'm, I'm kind of a jack of all trades on these tours I run her social media I help make TikToks Instagrams Facebook posts I do photos I do videos and then at the end of the day while everyone else is trying to have fun I'm there sat down editing so like post for her post the videos it's it's a lot more than 10 years ago when you were a touring photographer 10 years ago you took photos that's what you did and now there's so much more. There's so much social media. There's so much, there's engagement you have to have with the, the fans. There's, crazy. So, so as, as much as I respond to things, I don't respond to anybody without talking to my clients. So with JJ, I'd be like, oh, we got, we got this message. What do you want to say? <coughs> and it just, it helps them take that load off of trying of living on the internet. Oh That's my God. Yes. Part, like, you know, yourself when you're, it's, it's a lot of social media, it's promotion, 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 and it can burn you out. So that is part of my job, but the biggest part is photos. And now I just started doing videos for them. So it's usually what we do is we wake up. If you want to run of the day, we'll wake up. Lobby call is anywhere from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., depending on where we have the drive. Um, We get in the van, we show up to the venue, uh, the band and the tour manager loads in. And then I usually go with JJ or Jill to um, the hotel. I do a bunch of social media stuff. We show up, we sound check, usually around four. Sound check runs till five. Then we have catering, which this tour was amazing. <laughs> nice. I shout, out, shout out to all the catering people on this tour. It was phenomenal. <laughs> That's a lovely um, added bonus for sure. Oh, oh it was delicious. Um, then we chill out. I'm As we're chilling out, I'm, I'm posting photos from sound check. I'm posting TikToks of her being foolish. I'm, I, and it's a lot more than just like posting because... I have, you have to be creative and especially as, um, she's a female rocker and it's harder to enter in the scene for her. So we're pushing the socials a little bit more and I had to push a little bit more with everyone. And thankfully like her and her band and her tour manager who was from Newfoundland, Will Labrador, Juice, Justin Waddleson, they were all phenomenal with working with me on this and having to be like, Hey guys, I need this content. Um, after the soundtrack and after I post some more stuff, then we go, she hits the stage. She's on stage for 40 minutes. When she's off, I'm posting stuff from when she's on stage. 
And then luckily we're able to catch some of the glorious sunsets. They're, they're so great to her. Um, it's like a touring family. There's some mm-hmm. bands that you work with when you're the opener that you don't talk to you. Mm-hmm. They, they, they stick to their dressing room and you're, you're just the opener. You, you kind of stick to yours with the sons. It was never like that. We were, uh, we were family. We were all one big family. Everyone hung out. We all like joked. It was, we all had the same sense of humor and it works like when you're on a tour and you're stuck with people in a van or you're stuck with people on a tour bus you kind of have to not have a normal sense of humor yeah you, you gotta roll with the punches a little bit so the days are really they're really busy and they can be exhausting and it can get a little much um everyone's like oh I hope you had fun in your road trip I'm like it wasn't a road trip it was a tour and I, <laughs> I worked trip. I yeah. I'm like I worked like 12 hour days, if not more than 12 hour days from the time I woke up to the time I slept, it was how, what do I post? When do I post it? How do I help with her engagement? Um, what's, what's trending on TikTok so that we can get on that train. And for some musicians, that's, that's not their skis, but for this day and age, you kind of got to post your reels. You got to post the the videos on TikTok. You got to post stories. So it was a lot of that on top of photos and videos yeah, it's so, it so was, much work, man. I mean, the social media game is wild in itself. Like, I mean, people do not realize how much and it man, it, it matters so much. I mean, for like grants and like everything that comes with it, like it, it all matters what comes down to your social mm-hmm. media game, man. It's nuts. You get you have like with grants they're like, how many followers do you have? What's their engagement? Um, like what was what's the best? Like what, what was your highest? Like, go to your insights. You're like, what was your highest views? It's a lot of that. So it is a lot of pumping things out. And I feel for musicians like yourself who have to constantly on top of being creative and perform, have to, in a way, kind of like dance monkey dance for social media so that people can see that. But it really does help with engagement. Like the, the engagement we got from socials was absolutely amazing. The Spotify uh, listens like quadrupled because we were just constantly posting. I mean, she was opening for like an incredibly wonderful, large Canadian band, but we got so much good feedback from just showing her silly side instead Mm -hmm. of just being like, here's a video of her on the road. It was literally like her eating a cheeseburger with like a trailer park (laughs) boys sound over it. It was just trying to, you have to show that you're a real person. And that's the thing with social media. The fans want to know that you're a real person, that you're not just, uh, some performer on stage, they want to connect with you in some way, which is why it's so important for uh, me and for her to connect with the fans. And she's always wants to write them and thank them and repost their photos and videos. Like some, some musicians aren't into posting the live stuff because you know, the sound isn't always that great, mm-hmm. but for her, she was like, post every video, post everything. She did a meet and greet every single night. So that was another thing that was on my list. As soon as she got off stage, we had 10 minutes and then we would go into a meet and greet with all the fans, which was a little nerve wracking. Um, but it went over so well. So many people came up for the very first time, had heard her and it just, it blew me away the response we got. So it was, it was really rewarding and I absolutely loved doing it, but I did like I said, I slept for a good two days straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so dope. And I'm, I'm sure you're, you're so psyched just to get back out. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, what's, what's on the schedule coming up here? I know you'll be home for iceberg. Are you coming home for iceberg? Yeah. I, and, uh, so yeah, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, I, we head to Europe, so I'm going to Europe with her in two weeks. She's going to be opening for the Scorpions. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I know it's good. It's the crazy gig. So we're over there for a week and then I come home. And then I come home for iceberg. So I come home on the 15th 
and do a little bit of iceberg. I have an amazing wedding while I'm home as well. And then as soon as I'm done that, I meet up with them and we do the West Coast. And I'm on, we go the middle of June right till the beginning of July doing all across the West Coast into BC. So there's no rest for the wicked. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's so fun. It's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, especially after the last couple of years, I mean, it's probably a lot initially, but I'm sure once you get back into the swing of things, it kind of just yeah. starts feeling great again. What has COVID been like for you? I mean, that must have been so challenging as a photographer because you need people to shoot. I mean, that was, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier about, you know, hiring an editor and to help you out with some of the, some of the stuff. I mean, has a lot of people I talk to, especially on the podcast here, like, weirdly enough people have found like some type of relief in COVID like they've been like it's kind of opened their eyes in a sense like been like okay maybe they were doing something like for me personally I, I felt like I was doing way too many shitty gigs that I didn't like like I but yeah. I was like in my mind I was like oh man I gotta make sure I make money I gotta make sure I'm getting paid I gotta make sure that I got my bills paid then I'm like all right I gotta take a step back from this because I'm mentally burned out I'm like absolutely yeah. at the end of it here you know what i mean and it's like almost to the point where i'm like i almost want to just give it all up but i'm like i can you gotta look the other way you know so like how how has that been for you is it has it opened your eyes to anything else has it kind of let you see some other part of it that, that you might have you know wanted or 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 has it just been just brutal <laughs> it was it was hard not working like i'm i worked for 12 years straight and didn't have time off ever like i there was no holidays i worked all through summers my time off consisted of maybe like me and Conrad running away for a week somewhere. But during COVID, I had nothing to do. So it made me absolutely realize what I wanted to set my heart to. So when things started coming back, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to finish these weddings. And then I'm going to go back to just doing a couple of year and focus on music because that's where my, my heart is. And the thing up here, like it was a little more open in Newfoundland, but we kept getting shut. I'm in like Toronto. So we kept getting shut down. So we'd, we'd get back into it. The shows would start again. We were all COVID testing and wearing our masks and then boom, it shut down again and boom, it shut down again. So there was like, like depression did hit. I was like, what, like, what am I going to do with my life? What if this is, this is our life now? What if live music just comes and goes for the next 10 years? It was really stressful, but taking the time off was neat because it a hundred percent helped me put things in perspective over what I needed to do and how I can do it. And I'm so grateful. Everything's back. Like it it's life-changing to be able to be back in the scene and back into doing things. And I, I don't know if I could go back to not working again. It was, I mean, it was nice watching every single thing on the internet and TV. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Now I finished the internet. I'd like wake up. And like, I finished the internet today. <laughs> right. You're scrolling and Reddit is like, no, you're done now. This is, this is the end. TikTok tells you to get off like three different times. I'm like, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> so it's nice to not just sit and be doom scrolling constantly. Um, but it really, that time off really helped me put things in perspective on what I wanted to do. And what what I like you you're you have nothing to do so you're like when I go back what do I want to do do I want to go head first and like be stressed out again or do I want to go back and be happy and it, it really really changed like we're our generation experienced something that hasn't happened in a hundred years yeah. our people oh, like no. our, like it's it definitely has changed like people who were working downtown Toronto who like lived in tiny condos they're now living out in the country in big houses because they're like no what no this is not what I wanted like being out here is fun um 
So I loved that part of it. I hate it. Like, obviously it's a pandemic, but the perspective that it's given to me and the relief it provided in changing my mindset on how much I had to work was much appreciated. Well, it gave people like you and me, people who don't have regular vacations or time (laughs) off, actual time to sit down. I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my time here, man? I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, I'm like literally sitting here for two months. Like, I mean, I haven't sat here for two days, like up to that point, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's crazy the the, the break it, it, you know, and it was different out here. I mean, you know yourself. I mean, it was like yeah. COVID was like, it was like here. And then all of a sudden it was gone for like four months and like non-existent, like absolutely no COVID. So it was just like free for all. And then boom, shut down again. So yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough back and forth. And um it also sucks getting covid there's there's no joke about this 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 uh no. this bug man i mean it's i was took out for several days i mean really really tough stuff so i mean hopefully we're on the back end of it but who fucking knows sandra like <laughs> it's crazy i uh, no one knows and i'm just every time i shoot a show i kept getting emotional on the store and I, just being like uh, being back at it being like it could be taken away from you at any moment and that's the thing the other perspective gave me is we were so comfortable in everything we were doing we we thought like we, we the world was ours and then it literally was taken the rug was pulled out from under us so I kept getting emotional being like like this is back but I don't know how long we have it for so I need to to embrace it and experience it and be so grateful and I'm so grateful like I don't like the hugging every single person that's ever supported I get emotional think about it like hugging everyone <laughs> that's ever supported me I'm like thank you for this like it was, I have a sense of appreciation for every single person I've ever worked with who's ever given me a job and who's still supporting me to this day because I didn't have, we couldn't do anything for two years. And now we're back. Yeah, we are definitely somewhat back <laughs> anyways. I'm, I'm, we're, we're happy to hear that. I mean, there's live shows. You're doing arena shows. I mean, that means there's there's definitely people back. Liz is still here. I had to pick her up. Hello, Liz. <laughs> Hello, Liz. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is awesome, Sandra. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, where can everybody find Sandra? If they want to book Sandra, if they want to see Sandra's work, where can we find you too? Okay, on Instagram. I have two different Instagrams. Uh, the one I post all my um, music and travel stuff on is Front Row Lady. Um, I'm always front row, and it comes from a local band back in the day. You may remember Queen's Maid. They mm-hmm. had a song named Front Row Lady, and I loved it. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm always front row. So I kind of, I bought the website, I bought the Instagram. It's all mine. Um, so that's my music Instagram. I have a music uh, website. I've separated everything because I just want the two to, like my weddings don't want to see my music work sometimes. So, um, and then SandraLeeLayden.com is all my music, photography, and my travel stuff. Then if you want to book me for weddings or lifestyles, you can find it at Sandra Lee Photo on Instagram or sandralee.ca website. Um, I just, I find keeping it separate helps keep my clients happy. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's really and, smart. Yeah. And I, but I, I am a little bit more active on the front row lady one because that's, again, music's my love. Traveling is my love. It's where my heart is. So as much as I love doing the weddings and lifestyles, I find my, it's more of my personal account. It's you want to get a taste of how strange I am. <laughs> you pop over to front row lady. <laughs> and you're back for iceberg. Is that when next time you're back in Newfoundland? Yeah, I'm back for iceberg. I get in on the 15th. I'm going to be working with bucket truck. Yeah, dope. Uh, I'm That's really so sweet. excited about that one. Um, how long, how long I, are you in town? Do you know, uh, 10 days. So you're in the yeah. 15th. The I get in the 15th and I think I leave. Actually, no, we just changed it because I have the tour. I think I'm only there for a week now. 
Okay. I'm going to miss Donovan Woods, and I'm a little devastated. Oh, about man. It. One of my favorites. Literally, <sighs> I love Donovan Woods so much. Man, he played so George incredible. Street Festival, and like George Street Festival is it's a different beast to play because it's George Street. It's just drunk yeah. Newfoundlanders who just want to rage and listen to patio lanterns. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Donovan Woods played. Have you seen him live before? Yeah, I was at the George Street show. Okay, nice. Yeah, like was- I've, I've seen him. I've seen him a couple times now. What I loved about Donovan Woods so much is that his songs are so emotional and they're so deep and cathartic. And I mean, they really like they attached to you. And then he's just like the funniest dude ever on stage. Like yeah. he is just ripping jokes the whole time. Like it's, it's, so good. it's yeah, such a really, really great show. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, hopefully we can catch up maybe when you're around and grab a, grab a beer. If you got some free time or I'm sure Absolutely. I'll definitely see you at the iceberg. <laughs> um, I do. I've been doing this segment um, on the, on the podcast this season where we do a little rapid fire questions. Uh, it's all just a bit of fun. I mean, just kind of get to know you a little bit outside of what you actually do and just to have a few laughs with. So I got uh, nine or 10 questions on up. You okay with that? You want to rock with Absolutely. the rapid fire? Let's rock all right. It. Yes. All right. So um, <clears throat> when I ran into you um, summertime, your friend, I'm, 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 I was trying to remember her name, your friend who owns the ice cream shop in uh, Joy. Joy in Green Tower, yeah. which we did go over and get ice cream after. It's really, really awesome. Yeah, it's right on the it's right next to my spot, actually. So first question is, what is Sandra's favorite type of ice cream? Oh, I'm going to go with Hoof Prince. I'm actually uh, not allowed to eat ice cream because I'm lactose intolerant, but I do anyway. So I'm going to say Hoof Prince. Um, <laughs> oh, but man, Hoof you, Prince. Nice. Right? What a pick. But if, if you go to Joy's spot in Green Tower, right on, it's right on the water. Uh, they do an affogato. Yeah, uh, which is the espresso poured over the ice cream. So it doesn't even matter what ice cream is in it. That is my absolute favorite ice cream treat. But I'm going to say hook prints. Cool. Um, second question. What is one band or artist that would be a dream for you to f- uh, photograph? John Mayer. <laughs> John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just had the answer written down next to it. <laughs> you knew this. You knew I know, this. I know. Nobody else does. Nobody else does. We're all we're just learning about you. <laughs> That's it. Um. What's your favorite community to visit in Newfoundland? Uh, Port Rexton. Oh, man. Port Rexton rules. So lovely out there. Yeah. I love it so much out there. Um, what is Sandra's favorite John Mayer song? Oh, uh, Walt, uh, Walt Grace. Nice. Uh, oh, yes. We always talk about this. <laughs> yeah, it's Walt, such an Walt, obscure pick. Walt Grace's last submarine ride, 1979, isn't it? 1967. 1967. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I used but to play that forever, but that's such uh, a weird song. It's such a good it's, song. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's just so weird. It's, and I, I relate to it a lot. I relate to the lyrics and stuff. And then I'm going to have to do a second because there's a tide. I'm going to do gravity live where the light is. Okay. Um, cool. Live in Los Angeles. So those, those two. Um, and then oh, one more in the blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love in the blood too, man. In that's the blood, a, right? Okay. That record yeah. rules. That's, that's such a good record. Oh. What I love about John Mayer so much, obviously we, we could probably sit an hour and talk about John Mayer because we both love John Mayer so much, but, uh, John Mayer's records are always so cool because they're always so different, but they always sound like John Mayer. Like, it's like, he yeah. puts out like a country album, but it's John Mayer. Then it's like yeah. super pop. And it's like John Mayer. Then it's like a folky bluegrass is like, what is John Mayer? It's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the real talent to be able to do that, to be able to write so many different kind of genres, subgenres, and, and really be able to still sound like yourself. That's a, I mean, obviously that's why he's John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Next question. What was your favorite cartoon as a child? Uh, oh my God. 
probably the Simpsons. Simpsons rules. I mean, standard, right, yeah. classic. Like you gotta. I'm go like, with- I've been watching the Simpsons since I was way too young to be watching it. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My buddy crossed the road. His parents wouldn't let him watch the Simpsons, so we just watched it at my house all the time. My parents, <laughs> my parents didn't give a shit. No, mine neither. <laughs> uh, next question. What I thought this one was hilarious. So uh, a, a few a few weeks ago, I was I was interviewing somebody and I, I I just Googled like random question generator, like just something like this. So I wrote down some of the funny ones that I could just kind of have a, as a as a little list. But I thought this one was so hilarious. I should just ask everybody this one because it's so funny. Yes. What's your favorite carb? Bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? Oh my god, potatoes! Oh, this is a yeah. shout out to JJ Wild. This is a shout out to Jill. That girl knows how much I love <clears> potatoes. <throat> there was a moment on tour where the whole day all I ate was French fries, mashed potatoes, or potato chips. Like, <laughs> yes. Give me potatoes. I am Irish through and through. I am a potato lover. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd have to. <laughs> although I, I'm a big bread guy too. I eat a lot of bread. I'm a sucker <sighs> for homemade bread and bagels and shit like that I'm, I'm Ooh, nan's homemade that. bread though like like it, it depends if nan offered me pitcher's bakery bread. man pitcher's bakery white bread so oh, good man classic. every time yeah um okay next question what is your favorite restaurant uh in st john's adelaide oyster house tied with piatto nice both absolutely fantastic spots love piatto uh and i also love adelaide i mean great vibe there great grub great drinks and piatto is just so fucking good piatto man. makes you feel like they're family like yeah. piatto i've i will admit that it is my best friend that her family owns it but i've always joked that if they wronged me as people i would still go there but i would eat back on because it's <laughs> yeah. that good like it is you, you can't go wrong there and they, they're just every, the the staff the food everything is just this is now an ad for piatto pizzeria shout out to the <laughs> uh, piatto lunch special too by the way which is the best <gasps> bang for your buck in this city by the way you're getting that a pizza sounds- and it's like uh i love the uh the goat cheese or the goat cheese and beet oh, salad yeah. mm-hmm. don't do me like that man so good um, and their caesar did you know their caesar is actually the same recipe that uh brian their dad has been making since they were kids yeah that's really neat that's so cool i love that um all right next question tea or coffee um cold brew coffee cold brew coffee okay right on I just seen Guinness is coming out with a, a Guinness cold brew coffee, which is Ooh. pretty neat. I would also love to cook with it. I think it would be like great in like a stew or like oh, something like, like a that. stroganoff or something. Oh man, that would be good. Uh, cold brew coffee. Okay, right on. Um, two more questions to go. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Uh, would you rather be on the beach or would you rather be in the mountains? In the mountains. That's a tough one, man. Like I love I know, the mountains. I, just, I love I, the beach. Uh... I love being near water. Like when I'm home, I'll like go grab a kitty bitty brew and just sit by the water and be like, okay, this is amazing. But just the air in the mountains and just being in awe of the mm-hmm. fact that like, this is just nature. Like this is burnt. Like this is literally like, this is burnt. Like beaches, I can understand your mountains are like, this is things that are combined. So yeah, mountains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure, like, there would be plates. And, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So sweet. All right. Last question. And I find like this question here probably defines somebody in the most hilarious way ever. Um, On your phone, do you have like 10,000 email notifications or are you a normal person and check and delete every one? I will show you. I actually have six thousand. Uh, 586 emails. I have 89 text messages. (laughs) Six thousand six thousand eight hundred and thirty-eight emails. <laughs> oh, we're the same. We're the same. I, I have so many. Every all my friends are like, look at all the red dots. Like, why don't I'm like, and same with like text messages. If I don't like, you can see it on the screen. So why am I opening it? If exactly. I don't need to? 
Uh, this has been a real treat, Chandra. So much. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, I know you're super busy and you got a lot going on, but I really, really appreciate you taking time to do this for me today and having a chat. And it's been great to catch up. Honestly, we haven't had a good conversation like this in a long time. So it was uh, really, really fun. Thank you so much. It's honestly an honor. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of you for doing this. You every time I see you post anything, I'm like, that's very woody. You see me <laughs> running to the bars with all my friends. I'm like, dance please. <laughs> like john mayer please john mayer um <laughs> i love your music i love absolutely everything i got some t-shirts in there that we bought during the pin the panini and i just <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so proud of you for doing this and it honestly is an absolute honor i remember we were talking about it earlier and i just it's just it's amazing what you're doing and interviewing everyone and just being so open about everything. So thank you so much for having me on here. Oh, I really appreciate that, Sandra. I'm blushing here. I'm, I'm blushing. You got, me, <laughs> got me a little red, you got me a little rosy in the cheeks here. Uh, no, thanks so much. And uh, look forward to catching up with you when you're back, uh, back on the Island here and, and good luck with everything going forward and, and we'll catch up with you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, man. All right. Cheers. Chat soon. Cheers. Huge thanks to Sandra for coming on. Love that chat. Love her. She is absolutely awesome. Um, looking forward to catching up with her when she's back in Newfoundland over the summer, shooting all these fun festivals I was chatting about uh, at the beginning of the um, of the episode. So uh, that was really really great. Love che checking out and make sure you do yeah go check out Sandra's work. I mean check out her Instagram and check out her website. I love her website. She nailed it on the website and uh, and her her Instagram and stuff is really really cool. Lots of great shots of all these different crazy artists that she's after. Uh, um, photographing and and um, I love the chat about like the lifestyle photography. I thought that was such like that's such a creative angle to take in photography. I just she that's that's who she is though. She absolutely rules. So uh, make sure you do check out Sandra and and check her out online. Um, you know that about does it for me, guys. Big shout out to my sponsor Lambs for doing this again. Um, hopefully we can keep this uh, great partnership going forward, and and love working with you guys. And um, thanks for the uh, Malibu strawberry daiquiris, yay yay! Uh, looking forward to this this show Thursday night at the Rock House with my pal Nick Earl opening up for Matt Mays and Adam Baldwin. Um, that about does it for me, guys. Um, thanks so much to everybody who's tuned in. Uh, appreciate if you've been listening this far. Really, really love you. And, um, you know, follow me on, on all my social media channels. You can find me, obviously, at Dave Witty on Instagram and on Twitter. And Dave Witty Music on Facebook. And uh, really appreciate Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I mean, that makes the world of a difference. And hopefully I can uh, start making some money off of that one of these days. So uh, thanks, everybody, who's been tuning in. From downtown St. John's, Newfoundland, I'm Dave Witty. Peace.